0: Welcome to Vital Talk, a discussion on technology, both in the Chicagoland area and globally. I'm joined here by co-founder of Vital Tech, Sean Vitali. I'm Scott Rude. Our subject today: SharePoint, and we can go in so many different directions with it. We're going to try to keep it as simple as possible. Sean's the teacher; I'm definitely the student at best, and hopefully, you and I can learn a little bit from the savant mind of Sean. Sean, I want to in- introduce this all by just explaining briefly what SharePoint is. SharePoint, web-based collaboration and document management platform through highly flexible, it is highly flexible and it's primarily used to store documents and communicate information across organizations. What part of SharePoint do you wanna talk about today?
1: Yeah, so first of all, thanks for welcoming me and having me on here, it's very cool. I'll have to kind of ramp myself up to match your personality. way more exciting about this stuff than I am. Um, um, but no, this is a passion of mine, so it's really cool that I'm here. So really all I want to talk about today. Just like you said, there's SharePoint's been around for a long time. It's been around since 2001. I call it sort of a practice management software in the sense that you know, depending on what type of industry you're in and what your business needs are, we can use the soft, you can use the software to help improve the practice of your business. Basically, that's it. So for law firms, they could use it for docking, they could use it for document management, they could use it for any firm could use it or a company could use it for expense tracking. they could use it for calendaring, they could use there's a million different ways you can use it. All I want to talk about today to be really simple is since 365 has come out with SharePoint, um, we're seeing a lot more customers and we're converting a lot more customers to you from using a local shared server, uh, sorry, local shared files on a server to actually sharing their files and hosting them on SharePoint.
0: Should we talk about the timeline that has been SharePoint before you get into that file sharing? It started in 2001, and in a lot of aspects, people, I think their perception is that it's like Dropbox, but it is far more integrated. Over time, how would you explain the arc in these last 18 years since the inception of SharePoint with Microsoft?
1: Yeah, good question. So SharePoint, it's always been able to share and store files um, and report on the files and share versions. A lot of the f- cool functionality that it has today, the difference now is, sorry, the issue with before was you had to use it kind of like a Dropbox experience where you'd work on a file and until Dropbox had syncing, you'd save it somewhere locally on your computer and then if you wanted to upload to Dropbox, you had to save it to that folder or click on the website, click upload file, uh, actually upload the file to Dropbox. If you didn't have an internet, that meant you couldn't do it, which meant you couldn't share it with the team, Um, blah, 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 hopefully you kind of see where I'm going. There were a lot of nuisances related to actually sharing files. Now, um, you can actually share files with SharePoint using what's called Windows Explorer. I guess I can kind of get in the history of of file sharing, Um, you know, just generally how it's been with a lot of firms. So historically a lot of firms had file servers and those servers would share files. Uh, Of course there were permissions on those folders and who they shared amongst, but um, what users would do is they would click on their S drive, they click on their U drive, they click on the H drive, whatever, and they would, you know, access whatever files they needed. The world using a computer got very much used to using that Windows Explorer and that was the the window that you clicked within the Windows operating system to see it. Um, SharePoint, no one liked sharing share files, sharing files with SharePoint because they just hated downloading it to the computer um, and then re-uploading it back to SharePoint. Now SharePoint actually has an integration with OneDrive to where you can use the Windows Explorer. Um, and save files more in the general fashion that they've, that people are more used to. So because of that, we're seeing it a lot more prominent in the world and we're actually pushing clients to go towards it because it's, you, you know you, there's a million different benefits which we can kind of get into, but um, it's a lot more custom to the actions they've typically taken in the past. and uh, it has a lot more benefits than, than the you know historical traditional sharing through file servers.
0: In the myriad of upcoming episodes, Sean will be able to pop up, and even in this episode, to show you what's on his computer, to teach us and have better perspective on whatever the topic is at hand today, is SharePoint, and in terms of tying a bow on the evolution of it, for about 10 years, free licenses and commercial extensions provided content management capabilities. And then it just continued, Sean, to have an incredible amount of features added to it. Social networking in 2010, cross-browser uploading 2013. It introduced over 50,000 at the future SharePoint virtual event in 2016. Mobile app was introduced. And I think the most robust movement is actually what's to come in the next two years. It just appears that they now see, and this is something we're going to talk about, is that the benefits are going to be coming to a larger share of the consumer, and you can obviously speak on why you think uh, it's been stunted. It's not as synonymous as Microsoft Word or as synonymous as Microsoft Excel, but you feel as if there might be a sea change coming for SharePoint.
1: Yeah, and it's just like I said, it's because it's, you know, people can save files. People don't like change in IT right. <laughs> unless it has a ton of benefit, like an extreme apparent benefit. So if there is no apparent benefit, why would I change? If it's not fixed, don't broke it. Or don't, you know, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Sorry. Um, it, it's, it's really hard, especially with the firms that have the money and the funds, like law firms, accounting firms, um, any professional services. That's just kind of the way that they work. And you know, in some scenarios, that's a great attitude to have, but with, you know, the way SharePoint, all the functionality that SharePoint has, being able to save in the same fashion that you would with a file server. So literally the same way, you're just looking at a different icon that you you click within Windows Explorer. Um, it, it just totally makes sense. Um, do you want me to get into all the benefits now?
0: I think that's a great idea. Pros and cons, let's start with all the positives yeah. that come with SharePoint.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you know, a huge thorn in the side for a lot of our customers that we run into is VPN. Uh, Whether you go to a conference, you're staying in a hotel, you're just traveling, you can be at a Starbucks, uh, you try and VPN into the network. And sometimes the VPN works, sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes it's just incredibly slow. Um, it, It just isn't reliable, quite frankly. And if you're preparing for a meeting, if you're you know, at a deposition and you need to pull up notes for the deposition and you just can't because they're saved on the server, uh, that sucks. It really sucks. So the first cool thing that I really like about SharePoint is that you can sync all of your files locally on your computer. So as you're accessing, imagine if, as you're accessing that H or that U drive or whatever that folder is, that you, know, you saved the notes for the deposition, what if it was just synced to your folder and you opened it up, uh, it, sorry, to your computer and you opened it up and you worked on it live and you, when you're done, you actually don't even have to click save because when you open a file within SharePoint, it's just automatically saving if you have the new version of Microsoft Office um, and, and then you close it and you're done. You're totally done throughout the day. Um, so the syncing is pretty cool. Um, as I mentioned, it utilizes the same Windows Explorer window uh, that we, everyone's sort of accustomed to. So just the natural flow of saving is is awesome. Um, It's the same exact way that people are used to saving before. Um, Another cool benefit is accessing the file at one time. So for us, this is really cool. We create what's called checklists for implementation. So we're, uh, we're upgrading computers to Windows 10, we're renaming computers. Uh, we're, you know, assigning computers to Azure, adding document libraries and SharePoint, you know, there's a million tasks as we're kind of going through an implementation. We'll have a list of, call it hundred computers, and we have to go through each one of those tasks with the team. While it would really stink for a project manager to have each one of the, you know, techs that are working on all those tasks, email that project manager back 10 different spreadsheets, and then you have to merge all that information into one spreadsheet. With SharePoint, it's just like, you know, a lot of people reference this in Google Docs, even though Microsoft came out with um, a similar version it called OneDrive right about the same time Google Docs came out. But uh, anyways, um, you can have everybody in that same spreadsheet at one time. So we're doing implementations. For example, we're doing one for uh, one of our clients right now. Um, I had two techs on site, me being the project manager, just kind of managing the project. Um, I was able to open the spreadsheet, the guys were going through as they were completing each task for each computer, it would just put an X in the cell, notify, signifying that it's done. And then um, because everything's in SharePoint, it's actually another benefit that's really cool. Um, anyone else that is in, or SharePoint and 365, I should say, um, I'll clarify that in a second So remind me uh, to get back to 365 in SharePoint, just kind of traditional SharePoint um regardless when uh, I can actually see exactly what they're doing at the same time. And because the client um, is also in 365 SharePoint, I can share that file with the client. So she was actually able to, to open up the file and in real time as she was giving an update to the president of the company, see exactly where we were in the process.
0: Yeah. SharePoint 365. Anything else you want to talk about that?
1: Yeah. So SharePoint in 365. And I think that's what SharePoint traditionally wasn't just, it's always been accessible via a web browser, but it really hasn't been hosted anywhere. They kind of went through a phase where it was frequently hosted. Uh, But for the most part, everyone that had SharePoint had to have their own physical server on site. They set up SharePoint. um, And like I said, there's a million different functions uh, related to it. So you could have just tons of developers kind of creating all those functions within SharePoint. Um, But the SharePoint that we're talking about today really is, it is 365. And it's it's with 365, so we're not talking about anything on-site and locally. And that's probably going back to, you know, why it's becoming more prominent right now. It's, there's a lot of small to medium-sized businesses that just don't want that hardware on-site anymore. They want to put everything in the cloud. And email was also on a server a long time ago that they've moved to 365. So since SharePoint is just part of that, you're already paying for it. There's no additional cost whatsoever. Um, why not take advantage of it? you get a free terabyte of space that comes with it and just move your files over to it and, and access everything through there.
0: Maybe it is apropos that maybe now is going to be the time because the services for SharePoint are becoming far more aligned to what your general consumer cares more about. It is cloud-based. That is becoming far more of a fluent terminology for those that aren't um, as expert, as you are, it's a centralized hub, there's seamless integration within Microsoft Office, uh, within Teams, document collaboration is there, there's high levels of transparency, it's customized, I I think it's very customizable to your needs, and with more of our lives going into, you know, tech, online, to our computer, having everything on our phone, uh, and with OneDrive making storage so simple, I get why this is something people might want to start implementing into their daily life a lot more.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, we should probably have a podcast itself just related to 365. Um, why, how businesses can utilize more than just email within 365. Um, to be honest, uh, there's a lot of clients. I feel like now that especially on the smaller side, they can just run everything, their entire environment off 365, and, and not just email. They can have security and user accounts and passwords and things. So uh, that could be a podcast just within itself. Um, that could also be tied into cloud versus non-cloud. You know, why would you have your infrastructure? Why wouldn't you have your infrastructure? But um, I digress. Yeah, uh, everybody's that's that's the the infrastructure point is exactly why people. Um, why we think this is going to be more prominent? I think people are, you know, getting sick of having servers in their environment. Uh, they're getting sick of, you know, everything just being reliant on those servers. Because if you think about it, if if a server's up and running, well, it's got to be somewhat recent. I always relate things to cars all the time. The office gives me crap for it. Um, but, you know, the older it gets, it's, it, there's moving parts, there's moving components, physical components that are just moving on a day-to-day basis. And just like a car, the more you use it, the longer it lives, you know, it, it starts to just get old after a while. Um, so you need warranties and you need to pay HP or Dell or IBM or, you know, Lenovo or some company to come out and replace those parts as they break. After a while, just like a car, you get sick of it breaking and you have to buy a new one. Super servers are expensive, right? No one wants to pay that. So you got to keep up with that warranty. you got to keep the server up. You need power for the thing. Um, oh, my God, if your power runs out, guess what? It doesn't matter how brand new and fresh and great your server is or how robust it is. It's just not even going to run. Not to mention that, but working remotely, we haven't even gotten to there. So if you're working remotely, you need access to a server. Forget about the fact that you need an internet. You need a computer and all this stuff on your end. That server needs to be connected to an internet. And that connection itself needs to be up and solid. So just the aspect of housing your own infrastructure and um, paying and the costs related to that, um, I, they, they kind of go away, those things, um, when you move to 365. So if you can take all of your files, which is a huge service in everybody's IT environment, right? Everybody shares files. I don't know one business that doesn't have centralized file storage. If they don't, then, you know, that's a, a much bigger problem that we could probably talk about, but. Um, to take that component and that service and remove it from your environment and not have to worry about that infrastructure, it's a huge, huge benefit.
0: Sean alluded to his office. He is the founder for VitalTech, who is a Chicago's leading provider of outsourced IT services. They're dedicated to delivering a genuine human IT experience. Their slogan IT made human through a high energy approach and adaptable products and services. And this is what he handles each day when they bring in new clients. Their whole project is to transition them well, assess their situation, save them money, make their process a lot more enjoyable and smooth. I'm a p- glad to be a part of the team. If you're interested in getting an assessment and benefiting from the services of Vitaltech, you can go to our website, which is vitaltechsolutions.com. You can email us at partnerships at vitaltechsolutions.com or call us at 312 815 92 Nine one. Now, not all technology, Sean.
1: How many of those shameless plugs are we going to do on a on a podcast basis?
0: Well, you're the boss, so <laughs> I guess you can go to us.
1: Just kidding. I like. Oh, no, it. it's like a good point.
0: Yeah, there was. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you caught what's <laughs> over my shoulder.
1: Just the company name, the logo flashing in multiple colors. <laughs>
0: Other downsides to SharePoint? <laughs> get, ready to get
1: Back on track. No, it's good. Um, I like the shameless plug. And for, I think people listening, you know, obviously we're a business and that's kind of the point in doing the podcast, but I guess I just, I also hope I'm, I'm a tech enthusiast and I do hope that people get valuable content out of this as well. Um, so we'll, we'll try and keep those to a minimum. But if you don't know, Scott is uh, the director of partnerships here and that is his job. So.
0: And it's nice as it's really is refreshing though. And from as genuine as I can say it to see someone's passion also be a service through his business to help others. And I've already seen in short, shorthand already very quickly that it, it, it's, it's an incredible resource. And now I think businesses are finally realizing, con- especially managed IT, of how much you can get better expertise and there just isn't as much overhead. Um, and I just love our team. I think that it'll be really fun if you check in on different blogs and pods. Uh, And video blogs uh, that we have some interesting characters, Um, and we'll get to those down the road. Now, in terms of all the benefits we talked about with SharePoint, and obviously Microsoft has far more hits than misses, but no technology is perfect. What are the cons or issues with SharePoint?
1: Yeah, there's there's definitely a couple. There's actually a couple more benefits. I just want to touch on really quick here before we dig into that, but. Um, so like I said, you can share mul- multiple people can access the file at one time. Um, the cool thing about SharePoint is, you know, as you mentioned earlier, it kind of started as a document management solution and with any document management solution, there's version history. So now within your files, you actually don't have to save, uh, multiple versions. You can, within the file, you just, with a click of a button, you can convert back to, uh, kind of goes back. I don't even know what the limitations on it are to be honest with you, but you can, if the, every time the file is opened and edited, you can pretty much go back to that revision history. So that's pretty cool. And you can do that within the application itself. So within Word, it's not like you have to open up another tool or log into SharePoint or go down some crazy path. You just within the, like literally at the top bar of Word, uh, you just click up at the top and kind of, you know, scroll down and you can choose the history. Um, The other really cool thing, and this is something we actually probably need to teach you a little bit on Scott, Yeah, Um, that you can, you no longer have to send attachments, in my opinion, anymore to people. So when, for example, these blog posts, as Scott and I are kind of coming up with ideas for them, and we want to share the ideas with each other, rather than just emailing a file back and forth to one another, you can just send me a link. We both have access to SharePoint and the shared file. You can be in it in the same exact time that I can be in it, and because of that, you really just need to send me the link to the document, at one so time.
0: In the upper right-hand corner, when I can see that you're in the process of editing it, and we can edit it together. Yep. In a way, it's productive. Yep. But it's also interactive.
1: Yep. Exactly. It's totally interactive. There's even a chatting function from within the document, so you can chat with the person that you're in on it with. So if there's, you know, if there, you're you're making an edit that I don't think you could make. Um, you know, I personally would probably switch to teams and just chat that way, but you can do it right from within the document. Um, and, and yeah, you can totally collaborate within the file. And so, you know, if we're discussing blogs or we're just writing the blogs or if we're making revisions, you know, if you're a law firm and you're making a revision to, uh, I don't know, any file that you, you work on with multiple people, everyone can be in it at one time. And if there's multiple sections that, you know, John has section A, Chris has section B, Joan has uh, section D. You can have all of them at the same time working on their own sections. They can collaborate with each other, and you know, reference if there's references between the sections. Obviously, for the same document, they'll probably all relate. And yeah, everybody can totally be in it at one time. Um, the the if if we had Randy on the show, he would very much appreciate me bringing up the link aspect uh, functionality to to SharePoint because. If, if you've transitioned from one email solution to another and sat there waiting for progress bars because of lots of attachments being forwarded back and forth, um, you, you'd sympathize with them. But yeah, those, those are a lot of the benefits that, that I can honestly think of. And there's there's a ton more. There really is. There's a lot more with it. And again, all this is, it's, you're accessing it the same way you access your traditional file system. Um, literally the same thing. You just have all these these different values. So you can sync it locally. So you don't need VPN anymore. You have all of your files. You can choose if you want to sync it locally. You can choose if you don't want to sync it locally. Um, It utilizes the same windows Explorer window. Multiple people can be in at the same time. There's version history. You can send links instead of uh, attachments to your email size or your mailbox is a lot slower. You don't have an IT department nagging you to cut down your mailbox size. You don't have to pay for an archiving solution because people are emailing a million attachments back and forth. Um, you can share it with people outside your your organization, you know, if your security allows and, you know, it depends on the compliance and SEC compliance and all the other compliances that exist in the world today. But, but yeah, there's, there's so many benefits to, to this solution, uh, having it in the cloud uh, as opposed to the traditional way of just storing files in a file server.
0: What would you like to go next, my man? Downsides. Is there any, I mean, here's some that I've researched. You tell me to defunct them or not searching could be a lot easier. Social elements of the internet could be better. Microsoft, warning, again, custom, with customization, hard to maintain and use. Um, and then the cost to implement and customize. Yeah. Are, how many of those still warrant or are justified? And which ones do you think Microsoft's
1: been remedying? I, I think a lot of those are, are fixed now. Um, the cost is probably the easiest one to address because it comes with your 365 subscription. You can, if you buy a mailbox license for $5 per user per month, you get SharePoint with it. And you can actually, if you're accessing SharePoint from the web browser, not through Windows Explorer, you can edit and change the documents from within online as well. Um, yeah, we should probably do kind of a demo one time where we can pull this up in the screen. A little. Sounds great. Yeah. Um, but there are some downsides to it. So if you think about the fact that you can sync files to your computer. Um, there's configuration settings within, it, it uses the OneDrive client to do that, to sync files from SharePoint to your computer. Um, and the one setting that we always recommend is syncing an entire, um, you know, SharePoint, it's called the document library, but, you know, think of it for all and purpose as a shared drive. So syncing an entire SharePoint shared drive to the computer. Now, th- that sounds kind of weird because it's like, well, I don't need everything synced to my computer there's a cool function in there I think it's called files on demand within OneDrive and it's kind of a smart sync within there so it only syncs the things that you're using. Um, I know I'm supposed to be talking about downsides here and and that very much relates to it but um, that fact alone you can sync um, and you could be in and out of a lot of files that are are syncing within SharePoint constantly and um, if you're doing that all of the users have to kind of learn how to use all of that functionality that I just talked about. They need to know what to sync, how to sync, how to unsync because there's limited storage on users' computers. And if they're syncing their entire shared drive just because, you know, for whatever the reason is, they just, they're going on vacation and they're just like, I don't know, I need everything. I just want to sync it all. So if they're not putting any, um, you know, uh, forethought, foresight into that, um, they're going to run out of space and they're going to run into a bunch of problems. So I guess a couple of things there. One is, is there's, and it's, I think it's mostly just related to training but you have to train the users to properly use it. Um, you have to know how to use it yourself. I think it's beneficial to have a couple people within the company or kind of like the go-to people um, to know how this works. Um, if you're implementing it with your IT service provider, you should at least have a couple demos of that um, so they can use it and while you're implementing it and you know whoever the tech is you're touching the computer and setting up the document library for you, the, the shared folder, Within SharePoint for you. They should just kind of quickly go over these things so you just have some idea to do it. So, uh, there's some training aspect that's, that's necessary, I'll say, um, in order to, to effectively use the solution without running into many issues. Um, permissions are a big deal. I also mentioned you can share it from without people outside your organization. We talked about the compliances, HIPAA, SEC, there's a million different ones out there. Um, there a lot of businesses are going to 365 right now. And if you're Azure, so there's, the permissions are controlled by what's called Azure Active Directory. And that's just, you get that also as well as 365 Azure Active Directory. And what Active Directory does, again, this is also a local server that you can set up in your environment. That's set up in a lot of environments today still. It controls the usernames and passwords and permissions. So sroot is a username and password. S root has access to these files and folders, S root has access to this mailbox, here's his primary one, so on and so forth. Imagine if you could apply those permissions to somebody outside your environment. So now you're kind of, you know, we have this bubble at VitalTech and we can kind of control and create policies and oversee everybody from within VitalTech and the files that they're using, but um, if I'm extending that bubble to somebody else's organization, you know, I don't employ or I don't manage that person. You know, hopefully it's just a client of ours. And sure, we do kind of manage it, but I don't have ultimate say in what they do. Do they have virus software? Do they not have antivirus software? You know, there's there's just, it it has to be set up appropriately. And the the permissions have to be discussed and, um, you know, with, with the appropriate person within the organization to make sure that they're set up in a way to where you're not jeopardizing security. That's all.
0: Closing thoughts, yeah. any additional tidbits that we should be lo- knowing about SharePoint and to those out there that are considering to making SharePoint a larger part of their day-to-day?
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's, it's still exposed to the same securities that you have with a lot of the local uh, you know, solutions, uh, file storage solutions, local Active Directory solutions, so you're still exposed to viruses. If, it, not that this would happen to me, but if I got a virus on my computer, and it, it encrypted the files on my computer, Since, especially because the files are synced into my computer, those files within SharePoint uh, will be encrypted as well. And then if you, Scott, wanted to access the same file, the blog file, for example, that we go back and forth on, you're, you're not gonna be able to see it. So there, there's viruses, you're still affected by them, just because things are in the cloud doesn't mean you're necessarily not affected by viruses. So have really good antivirus software on your computers, uh, make sure it's up to date and all those things. Um, If it gets a virus, you need to be able to restore that. You you know, there's a remediation action that needs to kind of take place. And you need to make sure that your solutions are backed up. So just like you backed up your local file server before in case, you know, the server crapped out, you need to back up the SharePoint solution in case it gets encrypted. Um, Other than just encrypting files, people, there's a ton of phishing emails out there. Um, that exists out in the world and someone could email me it could look totally legit like a Microsoft 365 email and I might click and put in my username and password to that if just by doing that now somebody has access to whatever I have access to my mailbox my SharePoint uh, my teams any wiki pages I've set up um, you know tons of data and information from within the organization they can encrypt or purge or delete or expose that information um, to the public, you know, the, the Black the uh, black Web or the Dark Web, as people like to call it, or just anywhere in the public, basically. So what we recommend to kind of prevent those situations is just enforcing passwords, um, somewhat strict passwords, and something called multi-factor authentication, so that when you log into your computer, you have a strict password, and if it's a new computer, you're accessing it from. So if, if I did type in the username and password from my computer, and somebody from outside tried to type in it from another computer, multi-factor authentication would kick in and it would say hey I need to validate since this is a new computer that it's actually you Um, in which case it can send a text or there's you know different apps or applications that you can use to uh, allow that access.
0: Great perspective and we're so thankful to have Sean a part of this vital talk we will provide far more segments we look forward to helping as much as possible that's why we're doing this Vital Tech is about making IT made human, and through it all, we understand that the better your technology, the easier your daily life at work and at home is. So thank you for watching us. If you need more information, you can go to our website at www.vitaltechsolutions.com. For Sean, I'm Scott. Thanks for joining us.